Invitation. A noun. A written or verbal request inviting someone to go somewhere or to do something. A simple enough concept, but when put through the lens of paranormal investigations, occult sciences, and spirituality, it takes on a very different meaning. What does it mean for us to invite these things into our lives? How does that start? What does that look like? Tonight, I am joined by a dear friend, Stevie D. Norman, as we discuss how invitation has played a part in our own lives, and in our own investigations, and in our own spirituality and belief systems. Welcome to XV Planets. All right, my fellow listeners, my dear listeners, I have a good friend here with me today, Stevie D. Norman, who uh, is one of the very few people in this world that I can really do deep dives into all of the weird, high strangeness, oddities, and occult stuff that I'm interested in and not feel uh, um, not feel worried about it, <laughs> so, which, you know, I've always appreciated our conversations, but... Um, Stevie, could you uh, introduce yourself to my listeners and tell us a little bit uh, about yourself? Sure. So, yeah. Hello. My name is Stevie. Um, I am, well, I guess pertaining to the podcast, I am an occultist. Uh, I'm, I guess, kind of a recovering cynical atheist. Um, <laughs> uh all my life, um, or at least when I was growing up, always, um, for some reason, drawn to um, horror and the paranormal and um, the occult. Um, the first books I remember bringing home, maybe not the very first. I mean, I remember some children's books but um, and some Choose Your Own Adventure, but some of the first books I brought home from the library were you know, alien abduction books. Um, <laughs> Uh, I don't know how I found myself in that section. I just went to the nonfiction and I don't know if you've browsed a public library, it's like reference, reference, reference. And then like right off the bat, it's just like strange stuff. They just don't know where else to put it, I guess. And I think I saw um, the cover of communion and uh, I was just drawn to it. Um, that was my first one. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, and it scared the crap out of me and, um, but I just was so, so drawn to it. And I would, when my mom would take my brother and I to the video store where we actually rented um, VHS tapes, um, uh, she would let one of us, or she would let us pick out one. Um, and I would just stare at the horror section it would take me forever to make a decision and I wouldn't look at any other section. And I almost always brought home a horror movie. Um, yeah. Um, I don't know how, like how far back you want me to go or like exactly what you want me to talk about. I mean, that's the, like that it kind of started as, um, you know, as far back as I can remember. Um, well, how has that uh, how has that interest uh, evolved for you over okay. the years? Yeah, um, well, uh, no, like up to where you are now. Sure. So, um, so it 
uh, when I when I was an adolescent and you know you know doing adolescent things and was able to go out and do my own thing and buy books and stuff like that. I um I started getting into like actual like ritual magic and meditation and chanting, just like anything that I could get my hands on that was um that satisfied both like the like teenage vanity, like the aesthetic of like weirdness and also um seemed legit to me, you know, not not really knowing anything and just being a a kid. Um and I had a friend group and we, I, the first thing that we sort of worked out of was um, Donald Michael Craig's uh, Modern Magic. And it's, um, you know, a, sort of like a, like a primer, like a, like 12 lessons in like Western esotericism, just kind of classic. Um, and we would, you know, chant and, and do stuff like that. And um talk constantly about magic and I don't know that we ever did any like group ritual, but anyway, that I was into that kind of thing. But I, I was also very lazy and my interests were all kind of all over the place. And I was just, you know, as a stupid teenager and I didn't have like a lot of discipline. So I never got um, very far in that book. That's why I bring it up. Like there are 12 lessons. I think I got to like two or something. Um, uh, and then something traumatic happened in that um, friend group um, right before, right after I I went to college, and it it sort of shook me. And within a few years of that traumatic event, I was a you know like a true non-believer, like mm-hmm. a like a um, well, just cynical asshole. I mean, uh, <laughs> just kind of terrible. Um, and and that that lasted for a good chunk of my adulthood. I mean, I've have spent a lot of my years um kind of being insufferable and uh um kind of miserable. I mean, I was a <laughs> is anybody not insufferable during that time frame of their life though, let's be honest. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, so like I can remember and this is actually one of the things that like brought me out of it. I'm glad that you said that you jogged a memory. Um uh, toward the end of my atheism, I found a. I had I had come back to school here in Indianapolis, and I found an atheist um, conversation group, like a meetup, um, at the college I was going to, um, IUPUI, and um, it, so I show up, and we're going around the table, and we're um, uh, introducing ourselves, right, and. Uh, saying like what our interests are, especially, you know, sort of relevant to the group. And um, I, as an undergrad, years before had studied um, philosophy and I'd gotten pretty far. I dropped out eventually, but um, I got into like the 400 levels of uh, analytic philosophy. And when it came to me, I I was, you know, I said something like I'm really into metaphysics. Now, um, metaphysics is a legit, um, branch of analytic philosophy. It's, you mm-hmm. know, there, there are different connotations or different definitions of the word. And now when I hear metaphysics, I kind of react the same way that they did is because I'm into, you know, the kind of wooey metaphysics now. But at the time, like what I meant was I like um, the legit analytic um, investigation of what 
is real and um, ontological concerns like what if we made a list of all the things that really exist, what would be on that list? That kind of thing. And there's nothing really wooey about that or, or not necessarily, you know, like I took a metaphysics course at Ball State. They, um, they didn't have any concept of that. And it really just sort of drove home the point that I want to make and is that so many atheists out there, they don't come to it from a philosophical background. Um, they come to it from a, it's almost like a pop culture worship of science. Um, <laughs> and that's, that was never my thing. And, um, and it just, I immediately sort of felt like an alien, even in that group, even as an atheist, even as someone that sort of, you know, did all the same things that the people in that group do, which is to, you know, find the low hanging fruit and, and go into attack mode and, uh, just start picking apart the, the person that you're arguing with. And, um, uh, it, it made me realize like what a kind of big circle jerk over like quote unquote science, um, <laughs> new atheism is, or can be at least the kind of new atheism that I was into. Yeah, I wholeheartedly agree. And I can honestly state that I, um, I definitely went through that exact same, um, period of growth that you're describing. Uh, I was, I was, I mean, I was fervently adamant that like, no, you're wrong. Nothing exists. It's all yeah. alive. Ah! Right. But you know, after, after years of like taking an interest into, um, occult sciences and paranormal, like my opinion has wholeheartedly flipped. Mm-hmm. Um, but for me, for me personally, at least it's, is there something out there greater than you and me and all of us put together? Hell yes, absolutely. Um, but if we're starting to talk about organized religion, you're starting to look into the fallibility of man and our inability mm. to um, manage such forms of power and control over crowds, I think. Mm-hmm. But um, so, yeah. so I, I'm, I'm not an atheist, but I am definitely an anti, uh, anti-organized sure. religionist. <laughs> sure, and I'm, and I'm trying really hard to... Um, choose my words carefully not because i don't want to get you know harassed but because i truly um don't want to paint like every atheist out there you know the same way i can only speak um to my experience um as one in the past and what kind right. of atheist yeah. i was and the kind of atheism that i was drawn to um and it really um it really really fed into my you know, poor mental health and having become, you know, like a complete, um, let's just say homebody. That's a nice way of saying <laughs> it, but it, it was way more, uh, fuck everyone. I'm yeah. just staying home. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I can get misanthropy, that. I guess. Yeah. Um, that's, a, that's actually, I think that's the perfect way to put it, uh, that there is a misanthropic, uh, um, context to mm-hmm. that state of mind and, I definitely went through that, but you are right to state that not every atheist should be painted as such because I've, I've met some that are very respectful and they're like, you know what? That's an interesting concept and I respect your beliefs, but it's just not for me. And I could never be that guy at the time. I was, I was angry, you know, I was uh, confused and didn't know who in the hell I was, what I was doing. And so Mm -hmm. I think that's the, like, that's that phase where it's reactionary and when we just lash out to people. But, you know, once we get to the point that 
Um, like, like for me, I, I just, it's absolutely ridiculous that, uh, it took me diving into occult sciences mm. <laughs> to realize yeah. that, no, I am not an atheist. There's so much more that I don't understand. And, sure. uh, you bring up the aspect of, uh, you know, metaphysics mm-hmm. that plays a lot into my own personal occult studies and the different variations on that term and, and what that means and where it goes. But uh, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to take you off track. No, no, but... no, you're good. And I, and also just to sort of go back to that word, um, I, I also think that there's, I don't want to suggest that like um, people that are serious about the occult, um, the kind of metaphysics that they definitely get into is the um, wooey new age kind of thing. I, I guess I'm just saying uh, that's, I also still like um, sort of like legit heavy analytic metaphysics as well. But, uh, mm-hmm. but I also definitely lean into the, <laughs> it's the metaphysical part of the bookstore, you know, or it's a metaphysic metaphysical bookstore itself. You know, I, I lean into that. I don't, I don't shy away from like new age and wooey things. I mean, I might ultimately decide <laughs> I don't believe, uh, you know, everything sort of on the table, but I, I'm actually indebted to the new age, um, yeah, in large part for some of my earlier um, occultism when I was uh, uh, um, an adolescent. I mean, it was the new age that um, turned me away from Christianity. Um, That's and, fair enough. Uh, yeah. Um, but yeah, so I, I, I kind of, I, I kind of have respect for both ways of using that term, metaphysics or metaphysical. Um, well, it's um, in. In, in my opinion, I think you and I are of the same ilk when I, when I state this, is that we hold a very, very balanced level of hard fact, science, and data, mm-hmm. and the woo-woo. And they mm-hmm. can coexist together. <laughs> like, they really can. Um, like we, uh, At least for me, uh, at this point, it's, it's about exploring some of those things that are considered to be a little bit off the cuff for fringe sciences or fringe philosophy, mm-hmm. but backing that up with, you know, firsthand experiences, real data, really looking into it. And, mm-hmm. and that's what interests me is because, sure. you know, let's make the paranormal normal. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, the reason that philosophy, like the reason that I, um, recoiled at that that atheist meetup when they when it was clear that they didn't have a philosophical background or even um even like an interest in it when i sort of explained what i was talking about um is that um i think i think philosophy and you know this probably will get me you know probably in trouble there are going to be people that don't agree with this i believe that philosophy is more foundational than science um because um if you disagree and you start talking to me about why you disagree you're engaging in philosophy with me so i mean there's um it's a philosophical argument that philosophy is you know not foundational you know, to science and it's the other way around. You can't really get around doing philosophy. Um, you have to engage in it. And that's why I think it's more foundational and, um, yeah, I'll leave it there. I actually love that statement. If anybody, uh, decides to talk back about, uh, that, uh, those emails will be coming to me and I <laughs> gladly rip them apart in the process. <laughs> it's, it's one of my, um, I, I, 
Neil deGrasse Tyson, whatever, I was a very intelligent person. And um, I like astronomy too, just like straight astronomy. But um, oh, when yeah. he starts bashing philosophy, I get, I get kind of upset because, again, when he does that, he's engaging in philosophy, just really bad philosophy. It's very, very true. I love that you... I love that you brought that up. I, I have a love-hate relationship with Neil deGrasse Tyson. I, I really do because I I do respect the advancements and the efforts that he's made in the name of science. But yeah, when it comes to the human condition, thoughts of philosophy and the fact that there are many different belief structures and he he, he can get a little arrogant. And <laughs> as much as I love the guy, sometimes I just want to be like, Neil, Neil. or maybe just calm down a little bit yeah i don't know i don't yeah like you don't need to get on twitter to remind everyone that the solstice is really just like the position of bodies in the you know in the sky or in space right see for me it's really i just want to corner him and get in his face (laughs) like aliens are real <clears throat> I just want that one moment in my life. That's that's all I want. Um, but anyway, um, so so that's thank you for sharing all that uh, about you and your your own personal journey. Can I ask where you are now with your belief structure and your your system and mm. um, what do you connect with? Uh, um, I uh, so. That's hard to, I mean, there are words, there are like isms that come to mind, but I, I'll just go ahead and yeah, let's, we'll, we'll list some isms. I really am attracted to animism. I'm attracted to the idea of um, sort of a panpsychism plus, which is to say, like, I think panpsychism, I think is the theory that consciousness is the, um, sort of the base of everything as opposed to matter. Um, I think uh, I, I may not have that exactly right, but it, it's something like that. And I, and I like the um, just taking it a step further and just, you know, when I think about my own experiences and I think about the um, experiences that I've listened to, like other people's experiences, I think, you know, let's also just add, ghosts to that let's also just add you know it's like um there's this concept called ontological flooding that that is definitely not my term i'm borrowing that um maybe from gordon white i think um at least i gordon white was the author of the book that you first mentioned earlier right the oh no 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 so gordon white is um uh no uh a chaos magician. Okay. Um, all right. All right. And podcaster and writer and yeah. Um, um, I'm, I'll be sure to get some notations from you about sure. all these books that we're referencing for the show notes. Right. Right. So the idea of ontological flooding is to just let things into your ontology and sort of you know see does that fit? Is there anything that sort of um, is there anything that would definitely contradict that that thing being real so again like an an ontology is the list of everything that is real everything Mm -hmm. that exists in the in your reality and um or in reality i shouldn't say in your reality um and flooding it is just what it sounds like it's just flooding it it's just letting so like you learn about a god from this culture let it flood into your ontology what will happen if you decide to believe 
even temporarily, that that God is also real. And the the sort of the mechanics of how the magic um, as it pertains to that God in that culture, what if that's also real? Like what happens if you let mm-hmm. that in? Yeah. Um, so like the real, like that definite chaos uh, magic mm-hmm. stuff, you know, uh, mm-hmm. learning to uh, adapt and adopt mm-hmm. what you need when you need it. Mm-hmm. I, I, am, am I pretty close with that? Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, I, mean, I, um, I am kind of more of a true believer in the sense that like, if, if a, if a tenet of a belief system or like I was talking about, like the mechanics of magic, if someone describes magic in X, Y, Z way. And so long as it's, um, let me back up. So yeah, sure. Take your time. Let me, there's so, no time limit on this. So like, seriously, you, yeah. So the, we, where we I'm can going go with... as long as we want. There are no rules. There are no time limits. Yeah. And you know me, I love the longer ones. So let's go for it. Sure. Sure. So, um, one of the things that I used to say that I used to parrot a soundbite of the new atheist, um, movement is, um, that magical thinking is the, the, uh, biggest problem that we face in our world. Um, Why so? The, the idea that people think that you can pray and then have an effect on reality is dangerous. Um, the the idea that God exists and is maybe the arbiter of um, you know uh, <clears throat> ethics or morality, or that or that he can you know uh, smite people for doing bad things. All of these things. Um, that's magical thinking, right? That's uh, irrational, and that—that's the definition of that term. And um, there's this idea that that is—that's a bigger problem than um, poverty or starvation, because all problems stem from magical thinking. If we just got rid of magical thinking and everyone thought rationally, then we would we would be fine, or we at least be better. Our problems would start you know, fixing themselves because people would start acting rationally. Um, I cannot stand this idea today. Um, Yeah, I used to, I used to say that I used to believe it. Um, uh, And, and the reason I bring it up is to say, I don't think that the, I don't think that it should be the foundation of um, a creed or an ethics, whether or not people think rationally or purely rationally. I think that the foundation of a creed or, uh, or a morality should be, are people intentionally harming other people or other, like, are they causing harm intentionally? Right. And I think if they're not, and that can include harm to themselves, whatever, um, you know, we can, we can wrap that into it. And if they're not, um, I really don't care whether the belief is rational or not. Like, I just don't really <laughs> care. Um, let it in, let it sort of flood in. Um, so uh, I say that because, um, or I, I bring that up because um, there's always, when people dis- when people discuss magic uh, or the occult or, or these things that are on the fringe, I think that there's always a tendency for at least someone into the group to, to try to... Um, try to pivot to the practical or, or pivot to like, well, if it works for me, you know, I'm going to do it or, um, or, well, you know, we still 
you know, believe in science and that kind of thing. And I understand why those pivots happen or like the grounding that, mm-hmm. that has to happen um, in these conversations. But personally, um, again, like if the, if a, if someone believes in fairies and, and that, that belief doesn't hurt anyone, then fuck it. Fairies are real. I don't care. Like it doesn't matter to me whether that has any practical value or whether, you know, yeah. that person can't, ever prove that or it just doesn't fuck it let them love the fae like if like if it's not hurting anyone fuck it (laughs) well and also just i I guess also where i maybe take it a step further and go hmm, maybe they're right and maybe i'll just start believing that not not like constantly as i walk around or as i frame you know my reality it's not like informing everything that i do or probably not much that i do but it's it's sort of like i tuck it away and think like yeah i guess i can wrap that into my sort of ultimate ideas about what's going on that could be that could be there i'll sort of tuck that away and um hell if you're working chaos magic you can totally fall into it for a week and if it's no longer applicable to you the next week let it go you know sure yeah no that's 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 interesting i love that yeah I um and I mean as far as things go I um I don't so there was this um course that I was doing and for the course um we had to come up with 10 things that we wanted um 10 things that we we're going to like come up with visuals for um, there are probably some people out there that already know what I'm talking about. It's probably already know what, what the course is, especially if they're into chaos magic. But um, mm-hmm. uh, I truly had some trouble coming up with things. And it's not that I don't want things, but everything that I kept coming up with, I was like, well, but I could just go buy that on Amazon. And there's a reason I didn't, or I haven't already, is because I don't like I don't really need it. And it seems wasteful to have. Like I. What I'm getting at is like, I don't do a lot of magic in order to um, uh, acquire X, Y, Z thing because I just don't. um, And I'm very fortunate. um, I'll I'll go ahead and, you know, acknowledge that right now. I have a pretty good job and I don't really want for a lot of things. I mean, I'm not rich. Um, I definitely have some debt, um, you know, but I own my car. we're homeowners right. and, you know, I um, have a well, I mean, lovely spouse and two great cats. And I mean, it's just like I could list like all the things that are really great about my life. And um, when it comes down to like magic, when I sit down and think about it or, or if I'm, you know, if it's a conversation about it, I, I don't usually in my head sort of turn to like, Oh yeah, I need this thing. So I should do a rich. I just don't, it just doesn't occur to me to use magic that way. Most of the time. Well, I, I think in the, the deeper state of that, like the, the, the deeper concept of that. Um, and I don't know if you'll agree with me or not. It's, it's, uh, especially using chaos magic. This is not about acquiring more bullshit, like more, sure. more, more physical yeah. items. It is literally trying to, rewrite the code of your life yeah sure and and that's how i've always viewed it is rewriting reality rearranging it shaping your own reality and Mm -hmm. it takes a lot of work and effort to do that so if you ask me what i want there's only one and only one material thing that i'm ever going to bring up and that's i want the oscar meyer wiener truck (laughs) 
just because it would look, it, it would be so fun yeah. to pull up into parties with it. It just, yeah. <laughs> sure. maybe a hearse with some flames down the side. Yeah. I, I, I need a hearse. I definitely yeah. need a hearse. Um, yeah. Yeah. And I like, mean, it's not that there aren't, yeah, totally. I, I, magic to improve my life and the life of others, um, if they're willing to sort of, um, accept that help mm. maybe and um oh, shit even my, my own mental health is actually sure. where a lot of that comes from for me sure. at least you know yeah, yeah. yeah and it's in in there it's not as if i never do like you know uh do a sigil for something like that I'm, i definitely do um but i i guess um yeah, I don't when do a I, sigil for the Oscar Mayer Wiener truck. I yeah. just leave a hot dog pinned to my wall <laughs> yeah. all day. Yeah, the like, universe will have a That is my sigil. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, yeah. go ahead. Well, I was going to say, you also just might, you might just get like a, you know, like a little miniature version of it, like a little Hot Wheel or something. Like, yeah. That is unacceptable. But it's like a, <laughs> if it's a mini bike version, I can fucking roll yeah, with sure. that. Absolutely. <laughs> oh, yeah, that would be cool. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the the wiener mobile mini bike i think this needs to happen i'm, I'm gonna yeah. reach out to oscar meyer right now <laughs> and see if they will support this podcast and possibly hook me up yeah there there you go uh, uh, yeah, I, I, uh, actually that won't work because i hate hot dogs but yeah. mm, i think there's a discordian um no hot dog buns yeah, there you yes go. yeah uh, a big fan of discordianism honestly like I thought it was absolutely ridiculous when I first started looking into it, but mm. I've actually, in the last two weeks, I've actually read the Principia Discordia. Mm -hmm. And there is, there is actually some, some pretty intense philosophy going on behind mm. all of the jokes. Yeah. And I, I, I want to say, I, I think it was the guys from the last podcast who referred to it as like, um, the hitchhiker's guide to occult beliefs. And I cannot think of a better way to sure. describe it because it is like, it's chock full of humor. But if you read between the lines and I love this is actually like at one point in the book, I want to say it's about halfway through. There's a line at the bottom of the page that says, if you think all of this is a joke, read it again, because there yeah. is, it's definitely written tongue-in-cheek, a whole lot of humor into it. It's yeah, absolutely sure. hilarious. If anybody out there has never read Princi uh, Principia Discordia, I highly encourage you do it because it is a riot, but it is also thought-provoking in its own way. Yeah. Yeah, I uh, going back to my atheism days, even as an atheist, I couldn't stand this idea of um, the flying spaghetti monster and pastafarianism because I thought you, you guys don't have anything on the joke, like not that it's just a joke, but like Discordianism is so much funnier and so much um, better than Pastafarianism. But of course, oh, okay. um, you can't have um, because because you know that's that's also ultimately the problem with um, new atheism is it's not it's not really skepticism. They don't take their skepticism far enough. If they did, it would be something like Discordian Discordianism, where um, you have to be skeptical about everything. You can't just be skeptical about the stuff that's fringe or paranormal, and then once you sort of butt up against the accepted science, then you stop being skeptical. But that's what a lot of the new atheism that I was involved with did. And so yeah. then you end up with a really um, bland um, version of Discordianism called Pastafarianism. Very bland. Very it is, funny. 
in my opinion. It, it it tried really hard <laughs> to be funny, but it just it's it's like somebody was writing a trauma film and they mm-hmm. just fucking gave up halfway through it. It was like, you know what? Yeah. This is a bad idea, but I'll still send the script out even though it's unfinished. Yeah. Right. That's that's kind of how I view pastafarianism. Now, as a long-time Italian chef, I find that somewhat funny. Like oh, yeah, I mean, it's a little itself. bit funny, for sure. It, it's, yeah. it's a little bit funny. It's but they did the not take the joke. time to, like, yeah. really do the deep dive into how weird and funny it could be. Right. Yeah. Right. Um, so. Yeah, as far as, like, you know, sort of continuing on, like, where I am now, um, mm-hmm. uh, it, a lot of my magic or my practice is um, – just want to – it's like – when I was a kid and I was into all that stuff, you know, like I saw books on vampires and um, Loch Ness Monster and I was watching sightings like when it was actually on TV. And, um, yes. It just looked like something I like. It looked like there was this other realm and I wanted to be like in that realm. Like I wanted to hang out with whatever was over there. Um, and so that's still like a, a kind of a fascination and a draw and probably my biggest motivation for um, having any kind of occult practice now is um, how do I get invited to that party? Um, not to be rude, but yeah, I'm trying to invite myself over and, um, and also just, yeah, if I can approve um, the lives of others, um, hmm. I'm not a, I'm not selfless by any means. I'm not trying to, you know, um, I don't know. I, I'm not trying to like get self-righteous about it. I, but I do. I mean, I, I think about that a lot. I think about, um, thaumaturgy, um, this idea of miracle mm. working, uh, wonder working. Um, uh, I, th- it seems to me right now that, um, the occult has a lot to offer to the world as it sort of like falls apart. <laughs> um, yes. 100% I, agree with yeah, you. Yeah. Um, I, um, I don't know how political you want to get. I don't want to get super political. Um, but, um, I, there are so many believers. Okay. Like even, even like the believers that, you know, you were talking about like the organized religion. There are so many people that that's where they are. And I think that um, as far as some of the people on the left and their, um, uh, their method, if it's a method uh, of sort of challenging that like head on, like, like um, wanting to contradict that, that, that belief, that true belief. um, And, and, you know, sort of like what I was talking about where it's like, this is magical thinking and you've got to snap out of it or you got to see if this is harmful or blah, blah, blah. Um, oh, American politics is very much in. Yeah. The, I mean, yeah, it's well, and I just, I think that it's in some ways that's just always going to fail. I think that there has to be some kind of spirituality in like whether people like it or not, the, the spirituality of, the people that are not on their side is not going to just fall away. <laughs> yeah. It's not just going to, yeah. and then definitely not by any action that they're going to take when they're confronting or arguing or debating or whatever. Um, yeah. um, I don't know. Yeah. I don't, 
Yeah, I don't, know. I, don't, I probably like, don't want to really. You, yeah, I don't want to get too into You can go any that. direction that you want. However, I have a feeling that that subject alone is a whole other yeah, episode it on its own. <laughs> I, I, guess, I guess, like, just in short, I think that, you know, I am a leftist. I think, though, that leftism, I think that the left um, has a problem, and it's that they, for the most part, the left rejects. Um, any kind of spirituality, any kind of occultism, anything at all. It's, it's, um, it's purely humanist and, um, and falls right in line with scientism. And um, uh, yeah, I mean, an atheism, a kind of atheism, not an agnosticism, just an atheism. Whereas right is just cramming Christ down right. the throat. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, I, you know, and I say this, with the privilege of not having had religion forced on me in any way as a child. So mm. like, I understand why some people definitely want to um, reject religion because, you know, there's a catharsis there and um, I get it. Um, I was really lucky. I, my mom and dad were vaguely Protestant. <laughs> um, the, there was no denomination cause they, we didn't go to church. Um, but my mom had gone to church, you know, and had been like a Bible study teacher, basically like daycare um, mm-hmm. for the church that she was. I think it was like First Baptist. Um, but it, but they never forced me to go, so um, I understand, or at least I I, I I have to say that actually I don't under like I don't know what other people have gone through, so I I want to acknowledge that. Uh, for me, it was like, I, I had this definitive moment where I had to t- to talk to my mom, and this is probably the most heartbreaking thing that I've ever done to her. I was like, "Mom, I don't want to go to church anymore. I mm. just, I just don't. I don't yeah. feel attached to it. I don't understand it." And she was, she was heartbroken by yeah, that sure. statement. She really was. But you know, it's it's so funny that it, it took damn near 20 years after that for me to start finding my way back to anything uh, that you would call spirituality or, mm-hmm. or a deeper connection. And I found it through diving into the occult. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I, I was not finding that in church. It took me challenging the concept of organized religion and churches and things like that mm-hmm. for me to realize that there's so much more to this than what we were being told in those institutions you know yeah and it it all very much like uh paranormal experiences uh religious or spiritual experiences are very personally based you know it's it's a personal experience yeah yeah totally um yeah i'm actually um anticipating like again some uh not not very happy campers um because i've stepped into politics a little bit um uh, i don't think you have to worry about that yeah. my, my my fan base is you're you're in good company my friend i can well, promise it's just, you that it's like you know just as an aside like i ordered um this uh i, I ordered this book on mutual aid from this press um recently like this leftist press and um because it was a cool looking book and uh, along with that they sent me a pamphlet on why astrology is wrong or unscientific or whatever. And I thought, this is interesting. This is like a Christian tract, um, except for it's the other way around. It's like, you know, huh. 
like from an atheist perspective, like why astrology couldn't be true at all. And, um, and that's, I guess that's, you know, when people, people might think I'm exaggerating about the left having a problem because they reject spirituality, but I mean, that's the reality. Like, you know, that is, it is true. Like (laughs) um, the left does have a problem with, spirituality they because it's void of it for uh, like a well, large part of it is a large so, part of it is i um okay f- fair enough but for me personally like when mm. i look at that in particular when it comes to the left um i think that it's i think that they just don't care like yeah i mean they care enough to have written a little zine about why people that believe in astrology are idiots and, <laughs> and send it to me free of charge. Okay. So that's, that that's fair enough. All right. And, yeah. But that, that's like one institution. Yeah, within that's, that, true. Though, so. that's true. Um, that's true. That's true. And, and, and I, to be fair, that could also have come from like a Christian press just with a different spin, right? Like why astrology is yeah. bad. But, Very good um, point. Yeah. Cause it, like what I pick up from the left is that they don't want to touch on spirituality and religion mm-hmm. because they do actually want everybody to have the opportunity to, be themselves in that aspect. And so they just leave it off of the table. Yeah. Um, Whereas, you know, the right is just, you know, again, shoving the church down your throat. It's just, um, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's, it's a weird place, but that is not what we're here to talk about. No, it is not. And, 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 (laughs) but I, I really appreciate that insight. It was, it was really, uh, it was actually really cool for me to learn a little bit more about you and your history and your background and how you got to this point. Um, before we move on to the actual subject at hand, was there, there any, um, final thoughts regarding like your journey to where you are now that you wanted to, to share with everyone? Um, no, not really. I don't think so. I, I want to maybe just go where the conversation takes us. I could spend another, you know, half hour talking about that, but I, yeah, let's, let's see. Like, well, don't let me forget when this conversation is over and I stop recording, um, what you were talking about, my friend, I have something to talk to you about when this is over, uh, is a weird project developing that I think you might get a kick out of. Could be fun. Anyway. Uh, so the, the title of this episode is Invitation. Mm-hmm. And uh, or I think by the time we release this, this is probably going to be called Invitation slash Initiation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I love that you brought that subject up when I invited you onto the show. Because uh, as you and I were talking earlier before I hit record, um, I actually had a, a list of subjects that I wanted to talk to you about in particular. And we'll definitely get to those at a, at a mm-hmm. later time. But, excuse me, um, the fact that you brought in invitation at the time that you did, and, you know, obviously we're approaching All Hallows' Eve, but I also have all of these things lined up in the next few months Mm. where I am literally engaging and inviting things that I don't fully understand into my world. So Mm. it's going to be really interesting to see how that plays out. But, um, yeah, it's... uh, so where do we want to start? Do we want to start with like the spiritual and the paranormal or do, do and, and like move into uh, lights in the sky afterwards or <laughs> <laughs> because we're going to hit them all. Okay. Um, uh, I have, um, I mean, I, I have 
almost zero experience with lights in the sky. Although that, you know, interestingly, that's where my fascination like mostly lies. Like that's um, like, I'm, I'm very jealous of anyone that's seen a UFO or, you know, um, you need to call in sick next Thursday and Friday and come down to Brown Mountain. <laughs> just saying, just saying. I know. I know that there are definitely ways that like, if I wanted to, you know, open that can of worms and I was absolutely dead serious about it, I know that there are sort of, there, there's some dynamite that I could play with, right? Like going to these certain spots and, yeah. um, and uh, yeah, I, I, as much as I'm jealous, yeah, I have not done that, you know, so uh, yeah, uh, I will go um, in either direction. Um, but yeah, that as far as I, I guess, I just wanted to put that out there that I have less experience with the lights in the sky. Um, if that um, helps at all in determining the direction we go in, yeah, sure. Well, let's let's go ahead and hit on that first then. Okay. Because um, you uh, uh, also because you. You brought up communion earlier, mm. which was a milestone for the lot of us who were interested in, in sure. all of this stuff. Yeah. Um, I don't know if Very I told well you, but I actually saw my first real UFO like just a couple of months ago. Did I tell you about that? Uh, I No, I don't think so. I think you, you had told me that you were going to do a CE5 um, session, and then I don't know if that ever came to fruition. The one I had planned, um, had to be canceled, um, because of COVID. So, oh, yeah. well, uh, next time I'm out in Indiana, we can definitely make one happen. I, I already have some people out there who are, um, like part of the CE five protocol group. Mm -hmm. So we can definitely make that happen. Now for our listeners, um, to understand what we're talking about when we talk about CE five, that's close encounters of the fifth kind. Now, when Dr. J. Allen Hynek was part of Project Blue Book, he developed a system or a, a scale, actually, of uh, the concepts of close encounters and the differences between all of them. So when you have close encounters, there are multiple different versions of it. And Hynek's original scale was... Uh, Okay, so, so this is reading off ye old uh, Wikipedia, um, and I'm going to skip the the first bunch of it because it's all just kind of jumbled together. But when sure. you get into the actual titles of Close Encounters of the First Kind, which is a visual sighting of an unidentified flying object seemingly less than 500 feet away that show an appreciable angular extension and considerable detail. Mm. Close Encounters of the Second Kind is a UFO event in which a physical effect is alleged, and this can be uh, interfacing the functioning of a vehicle or an electronic device, animals reacting, a psychological or physiological effect such as paralysis or heat or discomfort in the witness, or some trace like impressions on the ground, scorched or otherwise affected uh, vegetation, or a chemical trace. And Close Encounters of the Third Kind not the movie, um, is, <laughs> uh, are UFO encounters in which an animated entity is present. This includes humanoids, these AI robots that people keep talking about and humans who seem to be occupants or pilots of said UFO. And I, I'm telling you now, the further you dive into UFO research, human like creatures are, are almost just flat out humans. They come out 
a lot. And if you've done your deep dive into the Black Vault CIA dump that was done uh, about all of their uh, UFO files a couple of years ago, if you really do a deep dive into that, you're going to find out that our government has been staging abductions for a very long time. Um, this, this is now officially stated and released to the public. Uh, I will add a link to the Black Vault file so that you can skim through them yourself. But friends... It is several hundred pages long, and most of it is unreadable, and half of it is redacted. So have fun. Um, you know, <laughs> come up with it as you can. Um, now, since Heineck uh, left Project Blue Book and and moved on beyond that, there have been two other scales added to it, and that is, or two other levels of the scale, and that is Close Encounters of the Fourth Kind, in which a human is abducted by a UFO or its occupants. And this was not originally on Hynek scale. This was this was added later. Yeah. Um, and now we have moved on to close encounters of the fifth kind, which is really interesting to me because this the the actual definition of it is human initiated contact or communication mm-hmm. with UFOs, UAPs, or potentially uh, extraterrestrial beings. This is fascinating to me. Um, And when I say close encounters of the fifth kind, I know that at least half of you out there are going like, oh, Dr. Stephen Greer. No, we're we're not going there. We are not going to Dr. Stephen Greer. I have some pretty strong thoughts on him. Um, And none like the more I more I look into Greer, the less I trust him, the less I like him. Uh, He's he's about the green, Mm. in my opinion. But the thing to remember uh, is that just because he's the one who's popularizing this, the concept right now in a modern sense, that is not where it started. If anything, I think the first documented attempt of close encounters of the fifth kind, human-initiated contact, can actually be traced back to the Mothman prophecies. When John Keel was out there with uh, his friend Mary Heyer, um, who was the, uh, the editor of the paper and, and was covering the story as it was unfolding. And Keel sees this UFO kind of just buzzing around, going back and forth across the night sky. And he proceeds to pull out a really high intensity for the time flashlight. Oh, yeah. And he starts flashing Morse code at it, mm-hmm. repeating the word descend, descend descend and eventually the ufo started to do that infamous falling leaf motion and slowly dropped further and further down to the ground before it uh, you know eventually just zipped off into the ether so i i think the origins of the ce5 protocols actually started right there with keel uh, sure. there's probably earlier examples of it but i have not been able to track any down myself but the point of it is, is that it's um, human-initiated attempts to flag down these anomalies or these oddities and um, these strange things in the sky, which I find really fascinating. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, and there are also, um, I don't know, I don't know if you know, it's before or um, sort of contemporary of, like, there are, um, I have this book by Mike Cleland, the owl guy. Um, Which, by the owls. way, I love your shirt. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> uh, 
Um, the owls are not what they seem. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> the it's called the messengers, um, owls, synchronicity, and the UFO abductee. I'm reading the the subtitle right here on my shelf. Um, Be sure uh, to send that info to me later. Yeah, so definitely. Um, and there are several. He's just basically collecting anecdotes about owls, um, like that are like not just going out and seeing um, an owl, but like strange stories, uh, owls that keep coming back and owls that maybe are screen memories or just, you know, the the, runs the whole gamut of any kind, any kind of weird um, stories, especially that they involve synchronicity. Um, Owls are security cams for the simulation. Sure. I guess it could be. Yeah, there there are definitely some uh, some anecdotes in there of people that um, will uh, think like about a UFO and then it will appear. Like um, it's not every story in there; it's not like the majority of them. But there are definitely some anecdotes in there of people just sort of casually sort of engaging in CE5 um, where their thoughts just sort of seem to manifest the, the light in the sky. Quote unquote. Which, which is a, that's a, that's a big common theme that you see mm-hmm. in these. And, and uh, a lot of UFO researchers, again, they, they tend to point towards the concept that um, what we see and experience on this plane of existence is not the full fledged reality of what we are interacting with. It is, it is reacting to our own personal internal psychology, which yeah. I honestly, I really, I got to say, makes sense to me because after my first experience, like, so apparently I never told you about this. Um, I was here in the studio. I was working on an episode. I needed a break. So I stepped outside to, to grab a smoke. I left all of my lights off. And as I'm standing out there, I get this um incredibly uneasy feeling mm-hmm. uh, it's it's just like mildly nauseous high anxiety a little bit of a headache and it just came on out of nowhere and it, it, it sounds like my um covid booster symptoms sorry <laughs> <laughs> aliens sorry. are yeah. oh yeah no no we're not gonna fuel that no no okay <laughs> God, you're right sorry yeah, sorry. yeah. <laughs> Scratch that. just trying to make a little joke definitely yeah don't don't at least don't email me if yeah. You know, like no, I, I I promise you if 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 anybody has listened to my first few episodes, I can guarantee you that very few right wing and no QAnon yeah. supporters are right. listening to this shit anyway. Yeah, but um, it was uh, it was a really unique feeling, and it's it's something that I haven't ever really felt before. Like I felt cold in my bones. Um, yeah, it was it was an internal chill. Uh, it wasn't like. Icy fingers running down your spine. It was like everything sank and got cold real fast in the okay. side. And as soon as that happened, like I was actually in the middle of lighting a smoke whenever I did that. And as soon as it sank in, my hands just dropped to my side. And the only thing that I can think to do is look up. And when I look up, I see this light streaking across Durham. And as I'm looking at it, as soon as I see it, I'm like, that is not a plane. Like that there are no running lights. There are no flashing. That is a whole different color. None of this makes sense. Mm. And right around the time it was in the middle of my field of vision, 
I see two smaller lights break out from it in a perfect triangular form. Mm -hmm. Those split out. And then this main orb completely disappears about five seconds after that happens. And then these other two orbs fire off in the different directions. Yeah, that's, that's interesting. Ever since then, like my eyes are on the sky 24 seven now. Sure. Yeah. 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 Unless I'm slaving away in the kitchen. <laughs> God, I can't wait to hang up the chef gig. Man. <laughs> sure. sure. But, um, yeah, so like that that was my first real UFO experience and and since then um I've had some smaller things. I've done several CE5 protocols uh which which I'll dive into a little bit more here in a minute. Okay. Uh and we've had some mild reactions to it, but nothing like that. Yeah. So the the modern concept of the CE5 protocols is utilizing things like Sound, light, meditation, and uh, collective consciousness focus mm -hmm. in order to call out or invite. Haha, -ha, there I said it. Invite. Uh, invite any beings or entities who might be listening, watching, observing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I haven't had too much success with that other than some, some pretty interesting... Um, like spirit box messages and oh, cool. a couple of weird light anomalies. However, none of it was recorded or documented. So like, I don't even want to bring those up because like, I can tell you about the personal experience, but nobody managed to catch a, a picture of it. Sure. So diving into the concept of invitation for me is incredibly exciting because I am, as you know, like already on the thick of the, very long path of inserting myself in some of the, the weirdest places sure. in America and formally inviting whatever might be lurking there to connect with me. And the first one of those major experiments is going to be on Brown Mountain uh, a week from today, as a matter of fact, as if we're recording this. And um, we're going to attempt the CE5 protocols there, as well as a series of light and sound experiments, like uh, presenting the crop circle tones that have been picked up. Because mm -hmm. um, like, we all know that 90% of the crop circles that were ever made are absolute hoaxes and bullshit, but there are 10% they can't, they can't explain. Yeah, I was really fascinated by the uh, Astonishing Legends coverage of the crop circles. Oh, they did such a good yeah, dive did. into it. And, and I Especially love... towards the end when they were talking about the people that do hoax them, think of themselves more as um, almost artists or sometimes actually feel being like they're, sent being, messages. Yeah, they're yes. being guided or, or yeah. Um, I think there might and, be something to that. I, sure. It, it's at least worth looking into. Yeah, totally. But, um, yeah, so, so we're, we're, yeah, we're going to go up to Brown Mountain and uh, attempt to interact with the Brown Mountain Lights. And for those of you who are not familiar, Brown Mountain Lights are a series of ghost lights slash UFOs, UAPs, depending on what side of the spectrum you talk to. Because, let's admit it, the paranormal research community, they don't play well together. It's um, No, it's weird. Everybody wants to yell and argue at each other, and it's kind of disappointing. <laughs> But um, yeah, we're we're gonna go up there, and for two nights, we're going to 
we're going to do, uh, you know, SS method sessions a couple times. Uh, we'll do light and sound experiments and I don't know. We'll, we'll see what happens. I so I don't, I don't know a whole lot about Brown mountain. So is Brown mountain. So a, is this truly a mountain? And is it like touristy? Like, are you able to sort of get there and not be oh, yeah, yeah. the other people? And yeah. So, so Brown That's mountain crazy. is kind of like, uh, it, it's almost like the foothills of the Appalachians. Okay. It's where it really starts to get elevation okay. and different changes. Um, there's, uh, there's, it's, it's, it's pretty big. There's yeah, a, okay. it's definitely a mountain, maybe not sure. like the Rockies, but, uh, it is it's definitely, you're yeah, definitely okay. on high elevation and, uh, the Brown mountain lights have been officially documented through the U S government since I want to say 1918 or 1922, I think okay. it's 1922. But if you start to dive further into native American lore and history, mm -hmm. you come to find out that they have been observed for centuries. Sure. And that's, that's where it gets interesting. Now, of course, everybody discredits that and starts tossing it up. But if you actually go and talk to Native American tribes who were from that area and, and, and ask them for the oral history about it, you're going to find out, yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they've been witnessed for a really long time. Yeah. So I'm, I'm really, really eager to go up there uh, because especially like after what's happened to me in the last couple of months, I feel like my, my antennas are mm -hmm. up. And um, I feel like I'm supposed to go there just as much as I'm supposed yeah. to go to the Sally house. So we'll, we'll see what happens. Yeah. Um, yeah. I was just curious about like how much you would actually have to sort of be in shape or, or, or hike or whatever to, to experience something there. If we could just sort of chill out on the ground and. Well, <laughs> yeah. all right. So, so this is, this is going to be the first trip of at least three. Yeah. Um, the first one we're going to go and, uh, we're going to park and set up camp at a free camping spot that is a stone's throw from Wiseman's view, which is apparently like the best place to, to view them if they show up. So that's what this trip is about. If we actually catch footage of them, if we have an experience with them, I want to go back and I actually want to get a, like a true honest to God. Sorry, let me backtrack. Uh, mm -hmm. Wiseman's view from the camping spot is like less than a quarter of a mile. Stone's throw away. Pretty sure you can drive from the campsite up to Wiseman's view. Okay, cool. But it does get a little bit more complicated when you start looking into where the lights typically come from, mm -hmm. which is completely across the canyon over on uh, Table Rock, which is this giant stone um, sitting on top of the opposite side of Brown Mountain. And this seems to be where these things come from. So yeah. if we actually get good footage, uh, get footage and, and have a good experience, then it's my intention to go back there again with a guide who knows the wilderness. Yeah. And I want to go camp on that rock. That's where yeah. I want to be. Yeah. Yeah. That sounds great. So this is uh, a little bit of a test run, um, and I've reached out to a whole lot of people uh, in North Carolina. So I think we might have a, a pretty sizable crew to uh, to help with uh, not only the collective mental energy and you know reaching out to that, but also to um, have more hands to run equipment and write things down yep. while I'm out in the gorge making an idiot of myself and potentially <laughs> hurting myself. So well. <laughs> <laughs> be careful oh i will yeah, yeah. now luckily we're, we're going up there with a couple of guides people who okay good. know the place very yeah. well and um uh, 
again, this first trip is going to be very, very, um, very simple. Like we're, okay. we're not going to be doing the deep hikes into the canyons or yeah. things like that, but I wish I had had more respect for the mountain, just, uh, like capital M, uh, before I hiked a mountain in, uh, mm-hmm. the Smokies, um, because I, I definitely injured myself, um, you know, uh, coming down like the steep, uh, decline, um, for two miles definitely messed up my knee. Um, but I just didn't, you know, we, we were pretty avid hikers and I thought, eh, you know, what's like a nine mile hike ended up being like a 14 mile hike. We had to park like, you know, a couple miles away and, um, and got lost. And so, yeah. Um, good time was had by all, right? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I definitely, you know, the mountain, (laughs) um, the mountain, yeah, Mount Doom. <laughs> um, but hey, uh, you know, Steve, I will, I will tell you, um, this, this is going to be the first of many trips to Brown Mountain. So if uh, you know, if you and Liz feel like getting away for a weekend, coming yeah. out and camping, come on down with it. Um, and for that matter, if uh, you know, if you're interested in joining for the Waverly Hills or the Sally house bit, you know, let me know. (laughs) I don't know about the Sally house. I don't know if I have the stamina for the Sally house, that everything that you described, uh, like a 48 hour, um, nonstop. It's going to be rough. Yeah. yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if I can do it. It's going to be hardcore. It is. It is going to be nuts. And Um, talking about an invitation, like mm -hmm. that place is inviting me. And Mm -hmm. that is really weird sure and, and, and how do disturbing. you and, and how do you, f- do you have you thought sort of deeply about like how do you frame that do you do you or maybe it's like how what do you want to get out of visiting um like if you are being invited uh is that something you want to embrace or is this more of a cathartic, like you want to sort of release it from you? Do you know what I mean? Like, is, is there like a sense of like, this is attached to me now and I'd like it to not be attached to me? Or is this a, like, no, I'm willing to fully embrace and, and just see where it takes me. Fully embrace. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, obviously I'm going to be taking uh, steps, spiritual magical Mm -hmm. steps to make sure to protect myself and also make sure that nothing fucking follows me home. Yeah. Yeah. It was a big concern with a lot of people. Um, so, uh, the group that's going with me, we've actually been talking about the, uh, the rituals that we're going to be doing before and after the steps that we're going to take to keep an eye on each other. Sure. Um, that we do have a pretty solid system lined up and I'm, I'm, I'm pretty happy about that. I, as far as expectations go, Stevie, I have none. I just, mm-hmm. I know that I am supposed to go there sure. and that's, that's all I know. And yeah. it's just such an interesting, um, I think that the typical response is, um, uh, you're out of, of your fucking mind. Well, I think the typical <laughs> response, I think, I think some, you know, a lot of people react to, um, the paranormal as if, um, like a spider has landed on their arm and they just got to get it off, get it off me, get it off me sort of, um, uh, flailing around, uh, completely icked out by the spider. Um, either, not either everyone, that, but e- yeah. either that, or they adopt that moment of absolute brain cannot handle this. It didn't mm-hmm. happen, which is what we see a lot with paranormal yeah. e- experiences. Like people will hit those 
those mass experiences that are life changing and their brain will just not let them process it. Yeah. Yeah. I listen to a lot of um, this podcast called strange familiars and it's almost purely like an anecdote. Yes. Um, Huge show. shout out to strange familiars. Yeah. You guys are amazing. By the and way. I feel like, I think that this is where I heard this discussion where they talked about um, several people um uh, seeing something and then trying to point it out to the person they're with and they look up and they don't see anything or they don't remember seeing anything. Like they have a completely different experience, a completely different recollection, even though the thing is clearly, or at least for the other person, it's like right there. <laughs> um, I had experiences I like that in that Point Pleasant. I, yeah. Yeah. Like I, um, I experienced a whole lot of things in Point Pleasant, but my brain kind of smudged them over until mm. I actually got back home and I started reviewing all the footage and the audio we yep. got. And I was like, did that shit happen? I don't, uh, this is weird. So, so touching on the whole CE5 and, um, and UFO experience and the concept of initiation, that's one aspect of it. Mm-hmm. Now we're going to slide it all over to, a different side of occult paranormal and things like that, which is um, dealing with things that are, I, I guess, more commonly classified as paranormal as opposed to, um, you know, UFO, right? Which, yes. uh, although in, in the broader sense, people a lot of the times kind of consider it all one and the same, mm-hmm. um, and when you start talking about a cult, which definition is hidden knowledge, mm-hmm. uh, UFO lore definitely does fall into uh, the concept of of occult sciences. But I can now- understand why there's a. I understand categories, uh, and I and yeah. I find you know value in categories. Um, uh, but as far as like, I don't know, like. Um, for me, it's, I don't want to say it's all the same, but like universally, uh, but for me, like it's one big party and it's just a party I want to be at. Like, (laughs) um, I mean, even like, I think, I think if, you know, if communion was your introduction to it, kind of my introduction to it. And if it was anyone else's, I mean, already in communion, Whitley Strieber is making comparisons or at least pointing people to um, Jacques Vallée's um, passport to Magonia and talking about fairy lore and alien abduction and angel visitation and demon possession and how um, it's all related. And I think even in communion, if he doesn't get to it in communion, he gets to it eventually uh, talking about the dead. So you have ghosts and, and encounters with the dead or family, you know, passed away family members, all of it sort of connecting to, um, uh, you know, quote unquote alien abduction. He doesn't even like to use the term alien. He's always used the word visitor. visitor. Um, yeah. So, I mean, for me, like it, it, it's been a long time since I've thought of them as separate and, and I respect that, you know, some people are just into one aspect of it and that's fine. And I'm not going to harass them, but like I, personally i just haven't thought of it like that in a long time it's just always been one like for me you have an you know an alien abduction experience or you have a near-death experience or you um you know 
have a really intense like apparition encounter like to me those are all just uh uh um encounters with the strange and the and the fringe and the the outer limits of our reality sort of bumping up against or our, our realm bumping up against you know some other realm yeah i i 100 agree actually like uh since i've been doing this deep dive and and taken this journey myself um I really do believe that it, it truly is. It's, it's all connected. It, it really is. It's, it's all part of the same thing. It's just different levels of it, you know? Mm. And I mean, if, if we're really going to, let's get woo woo on this for a second. Um, over the course of the last several years, I have really started to um, embrace the concept that, uh, God, I, I cannot even remember the name of the guy who said it. I will probably do an edit and punch it in. Okay. But there was a, a relatively well-known scientist and philosopher who stated that um, what we can touch, smell, see, hear, and feel is less than one millionth of reality. Yeah. Now, okay. So this is interesting. I don't know who said that, but I'd like to know. I know that from Incubus. They do. They use that as a sample. Yes. In one of their yes, songs. Yes, they do. And on it's such science. a great song too. <laughs> such a great album. I don't. I feel bad for people that were introduced to Incubus through like their second album because science is like just science is a masterpiece. Like it like, is all energy. Amazing. It's yeah. Anyway. <laughs> Uh, yeah, if you can find that, that would be great. Yeah, actually, hang on one second. Uh, I, I really actually want to quote this properly. Uh, yeah. Ah, there it is. All right, hang on one second. I'll, I'll actually... Uh, Buckminster Phil Fuller is his name. Okay. Uh, holy shit, this guy has some amazing quotes, even better than that one. Oh, cool. <laughs> Very cool. Humanity is acquiring the right technology for all the wrong reasons. <laughs> wow. We are not going to be able to operate our spaceship Earth successfully, nor for much longer, unless we see it as a whole spaceship and our fate as common. It has to be everybody or nobody. I love this guy. <laughs> like, yeah. He's great, man. Um. Sorry, bear with me here. I, I'm, oh, yeah, I'm now going to have to. Yeah, yeah. During a little oh. break, I was um, I refilled my cat's water, and I made me realize that the most consistent magical practice I have is to bless my cat's water <laughs> every time I. <laughs> <laughs> I I I do the same for my snake's water dish. So nice. <laughs> as well. Okay, here we go. Since the initial publication of the chart of the electromagnetic spectrum, humans have learned that what they can touch, smell, see, and hear is less than one millionth of reality. R. Buckminster Filler. Nice. Fuller. I think that's, I think, that's um, I think it's on Redefine, the song Redefine. Yes. Of course, that's playing in my head as you say that. Good job. Yeah, which, which yeah. by the way... Fans out there uh, of this show or fans of Incubus, if all you know is Morning View or or uh, the Make one. Yourself. Yeah. Uh, if all you know is Make Yourself and Beyond, don't get me wrong. They're good albums. Oh, yeah. It's, no, it's, I don't. It's, yeah, I like all Yeah, it's it's, it's really, really good music. They've definitely grown. They've mellowed. But Science, their, their first official full-length album, 
was one of the most amazing pieces of music to come out of that era. It, it, it really was. Yeah. Moving back to our subject at hand, talking about uh, invitation and initiation, we've touched on um, the concept of using that to uh, potentially communicate, connect with, or signal uh, UFOs, UAPs, and that type of phenomenon. Mm -hmm. But if you move away from that and you start looking into the more paranormal and supernatural side, there's a whole rainbow of weirdness and mm -hmm. different, like incredibly uh, different examples of it. Mm -hmm. um, now, one of which obviously could be considered to be uh, possession, uh, mm -hmm. which is something I'll be doing a deep dive into here pretty soon. I want to bring you in on that conversation for sure. Um, but then there's, uh, th then there's like the concept of magic. Yes. You know, like actually, yeah, like really um, trying to connect with, to uh, conjure, to to make things happen. Sure. Yeah, I, um, you know, like I'd already sort of mentioned how reading Streber and being like not just communion, like I, like you know, not all of his books, but like all of them in that series, like the communion and series, like the transformation breakthrough secret school. Like I'm looking at them on my shelf. Um, See, uh, I only read the one that followed communion. Do should, should I do a dive into the rest or? Well, I've heard you, I've heard you don't like, you know, the man. So I don't, <laughs> it depends on, you know, how, yeah, I mean, well, I don't, I don't really like John Keel the man sure. either because he was a racist <laughs> right. piece of shit. Right. But, um, um, yeah, I mean, I I personally, um, what I like about does it does it get a little bit maybe a little bit unbelievable? Sure. Yes. And, still fascinating. And yes, yeah, still fascinating. And I know that one thing that people will bring up over and over again is that he was a fiction writer. It seems awfully, you know, what a coincidence that he's, you know, writing these really well-written books about his own experiences, quote unquote. But right. um, I can't fault the, the person for being a good writer. It just makes it that much more interesting to read. But um, well, you know, I find really interesting find about his very Sorry, fascinating yeah no i just i i yeah i they were very formative for me because um he just has such an earnestness about it um and the the fact that he is um always sort of like um on his toes like you know yeah. I, I don't want to say that these are aliens you know and always just sort of keeping his mind open to different possibilities and the fact that he's been through like a battery of different you know psychological and physiological tests and seems to be telling the truth. Um, yeah. I mean, so, you know, a lot of his experiences are not just alien abduction. I mean, there's a part, I don't think it's in communion. It might be, there's a, there's in one of the books, there's a story he tells or just a little anecdote about he and his wife being in the living room and they're listening to the radio and then the radio starts talking to them, like just a voice in the radio starts interacting with them. I mean, yeah, that kind of thing is box moment. Yeah. yeah, exactly. It's, it's, it, it, it breaks past like just pure alien abduction narrative, like very fast and it just never looks back and it just is, hyper weird throughout another book i, I would there's... recommend is um the andresen affair the andresen affair is oh 
all right, hey, all right. So that one's actually sitting on my bookshelf over there, but I've not gotten to it yet. Yeah. And and that's that's next on my list. But I'm I'm going through a reread of Condensed Chaos right now. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I, you want to talk I about did. like magical, <laughs> mythological significance and alien abduction. I don't I won't spoil anything, but there's a point in time where Betty Andresen encounters sort of like a phoenix, like a 30 foot tall phoenix, like while she's seemingly on this alien world <laughs> being led like on a people mover by these two small alien beings. I mean, it's absolutely it's just like dense with um, like mythology and weirdness and not, and it's just not just like, Oh, I know what alien abduction is. It's like you get taken and you get probed and blah. It's like so much more than that. Um, most of the time, if you look into the actual um, mm-hmm. stories that people have to tell. So it, in, in, in your opinion, when we look at all of these things, like the full spectrum, um, anything from UFOs to poltergeist encounters, mm. you, you think that they're all tied together as well, right? And, well, and maybe just, not directly tied together, but... Yeah, I, I think that... Like, for, go ahead. Uh, for, for me, like, you know, as I said, I, I think it's, it's these moments in time or maybe specific places where we're starting to see multiple realities that are stacked on top of each other Mm -hmm. drop through one specific place. Mm -hmm. And this is where we get things like cryptids. We get the UFO experience. We have um, um, intense poltergeist experiences. And those can be random. But the further I look into it, the more I start to think that, yes, there are definite places that are constantly... Yeah. thin and that are are very very wide open to a lot of these energies coming in what do you mm-hmm. think about that i think that that's i mean it's probably true i mean given um the history of a place like the sally house i mean it just seems sort of like a no-brainer that there's you know thinness if you want to sort of use the analogy of a veil or something like that um i as far as them all being connected i um, I guess it depends on what you mean. Like, I I think that they're all conne- they're all connected for me personally in the sense that my interest is in anything that seems to be like a crack in the in, in the um like sort of the mundane crack reality. in the veil, yeah, or whatever. Totally, yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know that that means that. Um, uh, well, I'll just go full weird. I don't know if that means that like Bigfoot and you know, extraterrestrials or extraterrestrials are hanging out <laughs> or that, so, or that Bigfoot I, is Bigfoot or I, they may be, <laughs> or they, or it just may be, you know, I, 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 I balk a little bit at a sort of like a theory of everything where they're boiled down to like all of them are like an example of one thing. And it's a view that's very like anthropocentric where it's sort no, of like, but I, I mean, I, it could be, um, all I don't think it's one thing. Yeah. I, I think it's multiple things yeah, yeah, and yeah. multiple layers of reality yeah. all stacked up on top of each other. Yeah, totally. I, yeah, it's for me, it's and like that just occasion, means yeah, that the and world I, is very I, big. I can't remember who quoted it as somebody from Assange, uh, Terry, what's his name? But um, 
he proposed this theory that all right so so some of the some of the smells that are associated with UFOs are sulfur yes like that rotten egg smell and ozone both of those scents are often reported with any Sasquatch Bigfoot sightings. Yeah. And so there's a theory that's being tossed out there that what, what's happening is we're seeing breaks in multiple layers of reality <laughs> where things, beings, entities are passing through. And they're not here permanently. They just kind of walked into a void. Kind of like Cooper walked into the Black Lodge uh, in um, Twin Peaks. You know, it's just... It's not always there, but when it is, you get a moment to experience it. And I do actually think that there's something to that, but I sure don't think that's a hundred. It's it's not quite there. Yeah. I mean, it, so if, yeah, again, um, for me, like going back to the ontological flooding, it's just like, yeah, I mean, um, there's no reason f- f- that I can see to um, think that aliens could exist, but not elves i guess <laughs> um i obviously you know are depend- they all de- one in the same right yeah depending on um the vigor of the vigor not the vigor the rigor um of the research um done on either thing like obviously someone could come you know counter and say well there's a lot more evidence maybe for you know what seem like extraterrestrials than and 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 that may be i don't know um and i'm not saying that they all have to have like equal um, uh, consideration. I just, um, I just think that they can all, I don't, all I'm saying is I don't see anything that's like mutually exclusive. Like, you know, I, when, when people um, will say like, nah, I'm into ghosts, but that alien stuff is just nonsense. You know, I don't, for me, that's sort of like, uh, why though? Like, and also not just that I don't see anything mutually exclusive about, you know, a belief in um, ghosts, you know, or anything else and that that it would rule out any, you know, other stuff, but also um, uh, it's very strange to, it's very strange to sort of like, what is your threshold for (laughs) deciding that, no, this is legit. (laughs) But this stuff over right. here is just too weird, and I, right. I, mean, I don't. Right, no. This is the thing, and, and uh, honestly, like I, I I'm kind of guilty of this myself because when I first started to dive into this, um, when people started throwing cryptids to me, I'm like, mm. yeah, what the fuck ever, man. You know, it's just <laughs> cryptids, whatever. But at this point, a couple of years down the pipeline, yeah, no, I'm totally open and willing to to give it the benefit of the doubt especially mm-hmm. when you do your research you start to see how many witnesses and firsthand accounts there are there's there is so much more in this world and in this fucking universe that we do not understand mm-hmm. than we do you know yeah sure yeah i mean that's you know, yeah yeah totally um, i don't know shit steve <laughs> and that's the only way i can put it i don't, like, I don't know a shit. jack shit but i'm gonna try to find it out um, so, um, yeah, 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 the, um, yeah, totally. Uh, yeah, I, I, um, yeah, I don't, I don't know how connected, um, everything is, um, based on any like hardcore research that I've done, I just sort of from watching and, and reading everything different things. Yeah. 
<laughs> like, uh, like I don't. You, you, you like uh, strange familiars, so you're probably familiar with uh, where the footprints end, and I'm into those two books, and that's a, a deep dive into um, <laughs> Bigfoot um, encounters and and basically doing a um, comparison to any weird thing under the sun that you could think of. Let's compare them to. Um, uh, ladies in white let's compare them to poltergeist let's compare them to extraterrestrials and let's just see like you know you know what points of comparison we can come up with and uh you know at, at first blush that may seem like just completely off the wall just unhinged weird but right. like that's my that's that that's like what i'm drawn to i'd like but i we work together yeah. <laughs> to share and experience all of that data together then we might be able to find the correlation yeah. between all of this stuff right well, and also and i love to bring the, that up because like i'm in the middle of the pursuit of a, a specific lady in white right now sure so, yeah, yeah. I, I also just appreciate the the sort of openness of um uh tim renner and um uh joshua cutchin the authors oh, they're they, amazing they're yeah. not they're not coming into it with a with a proposition uh it's more you know like let's explore let's let's do some comparison and some contrast yeah, and see like what solid research with. work um, yeah to be honest i'm often um not very interested like if i'm at the bookstore and i see like haunted indianapolis i'm i'm often not interested in those books because the author has like a like a preconceived notion of what ghosts are and it's an author uh, they have it's an very agenda. bland yeah exactly it's very bland it's just sort of like a like let's report on these things that have happened historically and right. you know and it's just um you know, I go on the ghost tour sometimes here in Irvington, um, but it's more for shits and giggles and uh, just learning about the history. But I mean, it's the same every year. I've been on a couple of times. <laughs> this I don't need to know about the history, but um, well, hey, that's I, I, that's fun. But I just that's that doesn't really get my like uh, like my I I get really really excited about like a book like where the footprints end or um, right. you know or if someone like Jacques Vallée is comparing. You know, elf uh, um, and elf, fairy, uh, el yeah, yeah, elven yeah. and fairy lord with you know alien abduction, UFO sighting. Well, see, um, that's that's what's really interesting because the, the the fact of the matter is is like it doesn't matter how outrageous the story or the folklore is, buried within it there is a kernel of truth. Sure. Now, what if that kernel of truth is a little bit more fantastic than we expected? Are we going to be able to understand that and process that? Like you and I, of course, of yes, absolutely. But the rest of the yeah. world, maybe not so much. It's yeah, it's a lot to take in. Yeah, sure. I, I mean, and and as, as far as like another aspect or another thing that goes through my mind all the time is that um, it's not even just like ontological flooding that I like to to participate in. As far as like let's let these entities in, but I also have sort of a multifaceted. Um, it's not an understanding. It's just like an openness to. So like you could take for example gods, and I know that there is some debate in occultism and magic um, right now about what gods are if they're just thought forms or if they're you know uh you know they, they <laughs> actually exist and in their you know and i think I, I again i don't see these i don't see it as i don't see it as necessarily mutually exclusive i think that there's a there's a way in which 
gods could be so strange that we just we we could only just begin to fathom what they are. It could be that they exist in such a way that's sort of timeless or in their own timeline, and they've both participated in the actions that our mythology depicts, but also that's just an aspect of their existence. And I, they might right. exist it's, metaphorically, but also still oh, actually real. Like it could be both. I don't know why it has to be. I'm just never chasing the, what is it actually? Like, I don't, I, I, I mean, if it's, I mean, if I'm at my job and I need to solve a computer problem, I need to know like, well, what actually is going on here? But I don't, right. I don't need to know what actually gods are. And I mean, you don't, you definitely don't need to know in order to interact and do good magic with them. But I also just think from a, a metaphysical standpoint, I don't know why. I hear a lot of people that get really, really invested in in being right about this or that, and um, mm. it's strange to me because i just think like it'd be much more interesting if it was both or all three of the things that people are arguing from different sides about like um try to imagine a reality that could accommodate a god that both existed and participated in the mythology that we've written about that god and has a life that you couldn't possibly fathom in some dimension that you couldn't possibly fathom um yeah. and also maybe even when it's called by someone who thinks it's just a thought form goes, you know, what the hell? I think that this person is interesting. I'm going to be their thought form quote unquote for them. You know, I, I think it could be all three of think, those things. Like, Yeah. I don't think any of them are gods though. I yeah, don't think I mean, there but are what is, what is any a, gods. What is a I, god, I, think, I guess. I the think there question. are incredible, powerful, multidimensional um, entities of energy. Sure that can pop in and out of different layers of reality way yeah. better than we can. You could just call that a God. No, you no, just, it's, you it's not a it God. A God. <laughs> if, if anything, I would call it a fucking Sprite or a Fae or, or something <laughs> sure. like that. It's, yeah. it is a, a being of energy that mm -hmm. has more understanding of how to slip in and out of different levels of reality. And they enjoy doing that. So they sure. pursue on it. I do believe that there is a center source of universal energy, but I do not think that it is God in the sense that mm. most people think. Like I think God. Right. Yeah. yeah. I, I think anything that is that advanced that uh, actually has control of power, destruction mm -hmm. and creation in, in such a way probably exists on a level where consciousness is not even there. It's either a mm -hmm. natural routine or their consciousness is so far advanced. We're never ever going to be able to wrap our right, right, heads right. around it. Yeah. Yeah. You know, but I, I also think that the, the you know, source energy doesn't fucking care. It just <laughs> doesn't yeah. like I have a universe out here. You're having trouble with your taxes. Fuck off. You know, mm -hmm. uh, it's, yeah. And that's how I, I feel about the, the whole godlike entity is you, you're trying to put a uh, personality into a concept that you cannot even wrap your fucking head around, right? Sure. If, if we're talking about any being, any consciousness, any existence that is that far advanced, then the petty shit that you and I deal with on a day-to-day -day basis is non-existent to them 
you that know? could be. Yeah, I mean, I think that there's also just I, I think what I'm thinking is something like um, uh, Carl Sagan's um, Flatland demonstration, where he talks about a three-dimensional character coming down into a two-dimension. I think, you know, that is a way for some people to understand ghosts or at least have like a, an illustration of how ghosts might exist. And I also think that you can take that further and just think about personality or consciousness that way. You could have something that's incredibly powerful and expansive and the, the kind of quote-unquote personality that it has is something that we could never fully grasp, but it could choose to sort of you know, uh, slip down through our, like, um, our, uh, realm and the, the limitations of our realm. And then we would only see like a little sliver of its personality. And, um, yeah, I know that that sounds very, very weird. I, I don't know how to fully flesh that out. I, I it does guess not I just, sound weird to me. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, pretty sure that anybody who's listening to us right yeah. now doesn't find it weird either. So yeah. you're, you're in good company. Um, I, I don't also, know if I told you, but I actually have, I got a good crowd. So sure, you're in a yeah. safe place, I yeah. promise you. <laughs> I also think, you know, you, I, I don't know if you're, are you, do you like cats? Do you have any cats? I do not at the moment, but yeah. I am, I am, I'm probably going to adopt yeah. them soon. So, you know, the, uh, I really, I, I'm actually more of a dog person. Oh yeah, sure. I, yeah. I do not function um, in a life that is fair for a dog. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I got my snake, probably going to get a cat. Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully there, they will get along. There's that look that cats will give you sometimes, like human please, you know? Yeah. Um, <laughs> or sort of like very aloof, right? And I, something that sometimes goes through my mind and just kind of silly, um, but it, but it's kind of has like a, it's sort of an analogy maybe for how I think about gods or, or, you know, whatever, spirits, angels, demons, uh, whatever. Um, They're all the same thing. Well, no, I think to myself, like I'll, you know, sometime be calling my cat by the name that I've given it and it gives me that look. And I think to myself, like what it must be thinking is like, bitch, that's not my name. Like you could not like possibly hear my name. The name I have would break your mind. Like I exist in this, this plane that you will never touch, you know, and I, that was a constant line cats half in, half out anyway. Right. right. Yeah, that and, and yeah, I guess that's that's something that I mean, I'm just being silly, but I that's hor- that's sort of how I think about well, some I, of the strange it, things that I, like people talk about, like you know, you're, uh, you're being humorous and and and, uh, but I wouldn't, I would not say silly. Like there is something to that. I personally, I do actually view cats as uh, mystical creatures. Like yeah. they are. There is a reason they were worshipped, and there oh, yeah. is a reason they were so revered. And I have had too many experiences personally with specific cats, mm. um, where I'm—I was pretty sure that I had a, a past relative curling up in my lap, mm. which was, yeah. yeah. I had this cat uh, at one point who had the exact eyes of my grandmother, and oh, wow. And the way that she treated me and behaved to me mm-hmm. just made me think that even more. Especially since every morning she would literally attack my partner's, my ex-partner's ankles. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Which let me know. It's like, okay, you're probably not the one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, but, 
Yeah, that's really comforting. Um, yeah. It is. No, there is there, there's something to it, and one of my favorite authors has a really great little. Um, it's it's like a little one or two page cute little write up about her cat. Um, uh, like needing to constantly check the entrances to things. Um, it's uh, actually um, Ursula K. Uh, Le Guin. Um, I'll have to find that and send it to you. Um, it's oh, just sure. it's a little cute write-up that she did um, a couple years before she uh, died. Hmm. She's one of my favorite writers. I, I really, really dig her. Um, well, basically everything. Like She writes both in the science fiction and the fantasy um, uh, realms. And I Send some both. links to me. I, I would sure. definitely, uh, I'd definitely be interested in it. Better if it's audiobooks because working sixty hours. Oh a yeah, week I mean, and then also doing sixty so, hours of podcasting yeah. a week is starting to kill me. Yeah, so, she's um, so popular. <laughs> they're, they're probably. I'd be surprised if there are stories out there that have not been recorded for audio um, of hers. Fair enough. Yeah. Well, uh, Stevie, at this point. Um, we, we kind of touch on the vast majority of the things of the concept of uh, invitation and initiation. Are there any like final aspects of that that you want to touch into before we start to wrap this up? Um, uh, I guess. Um, nah, also I don't friends know. get used to this wonderful person's <laughs> voice because I am going to be dragging you on so much. Yeah. But yeah, I have uh, yeah some personal, uh, uh, little experiences I suppose I could talk about on future episodes. Um, I no, I'm, I'm do you, pretty... do you, I, I say we actually do a, a deep dive together into personal experiences. Yeah. I, I think that would be worthy of a whole episode. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Its it's, if it's, there's anything you would like to share now, by all means, feel free to, but I, the, the couple of things that I would want to share, I think, um, Deserve deeper dive. Yeah, I, I don't know that yes. I could quickly wrap them up. Uh, uh, or um, I certainly agree after what yeah. you have shared with me. Um, yeah. So at this point, we're probably looking like a, a 90-minute episode. Um, so if you're up for it, I would like to have you back on here yeah, in a couple sure, of definitely. weeks and, yeah. and do a deep dive into that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I guess I would also just like to um, apologize, I guess, if I offended anyone with my... Um, with my political uh, diversion. I'd oh, you're so definitely. kind. Whereas I'm over here saying I run this show and fuck them. So, well, <laughs> but, yeah, it's a touchy no, no, subject. But, uh, no, it, it, that is a good point. And, and one thing that we definitely do our best here at XV Planets is to leave politics off the table. However, I think it was relevant to the things that you were sharing tonight. And, and that's fine. Well, for, I mean, from, yeah, from my perspective, so long as, people don't you know i I don't want to i rarely want to i rarely want to talk in universals even when sometimes maybe it's even justified i i'm very very careful and i i guess the way i walk through the world is um everybody walks through the world subjectively but i try really hard or often it doesn't occur to me to sort of project what i sub what i experience into you know like a sort of a universal statement um uh i i just think that we all have such varied 
experiences. Um, um, None of us are carbon copied. Right. Like even if we have similar or same experiences, we're all going to experience them completely differently. Yeah. 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 That's a, there's a, you can have a whole discussion um, from a, even from like a, just a, Western analytic philosophy standpoint about qualia and whether or not we see the same red and, you know, it's very interesting stuff. Is this blue? No, it's green. (laughs) There's a, there is bleen and, um, was it uh, Gru? You should look this up. You should. You should. What? what YouTube. What? You, yeah, go to go on YouTube and, and type in like uh, Bleen and Gru. Uh, um, look, I'm still trying to process uh, Principia <laughs> Discordia one thing at a time. It's a. It's a. It's. I, a, I don't. I don't know if I can upset the color balance of shit right now. That might yeah. be too much for my brain to handle. Yeah. To be honest. Like, yeah. I mean, it's it's basically what we're just talking touching on which is like whether okay. we see the same things i think it's just a formalized sort of thought experiment ab- about it trying to trying to make it a little bit more um um cogent and and easier to follow for everybody right. yeah mm-hmm. it, it often that it has the opposite effect if it's um western analytic philosophy oftentimes uh, it loses people because <laughs> it gets so in the God, weeds it's, and, it's it's so weird to to like uh, you you as I dove further into concepts of magic and the occult, like the, the concepts of Eastern and Western philosophy have become more clear than mm. ever before. Yeah. It's, it's really fascinating stuff. And it's interesting that I had to take a, I had to break myself out of all of it and mm. completely remove myself of, uh, from it for years before I come back to it and say, okay, now the weird shit makes sense. Yeah, yeah. I'm yeah. still trying to wrap my own fucking head around it. Yeah, it's... yeah. Right. I'm I'm glad that I was able to break out of um, some of this. Some of the stuff that happened to me was only exacerbated by um, my studying like the really academic analytic philosophy, like at a university. Like um, it really uh, it allowed me to like come up with more justifications for my um uh misanthropic tendencies right like i just was able to really dig down into them with that with some of that stuff yeah but it um not not that that's going to be everyone's experience that's just my that's yeah, that's you, that happened to me that was part of my history definitely yeah it takes uh, a lot for us to like really really do a deep dive into ourselves and yeah you can peel back the layers of reality left and right all day and every day. But if you haven't taken the time to peel, peel back the, the layers of yourself, then you're probably doing yourself a disservice as you, you move forward and it happens. Well, that being said, and I'm going to, I'm going to signal this with, uh, Stevie, thank you so much for joining me tonight. Uh, I cannot thank you enough for taking time out to uh, dive into this with me, even though we've done this uh, many times in a private manner, Mm. I'm very honored and appreciative that you would come onto the show and actually share your experiences and talk with us tonight. Kind of, kind of same. Yeah. Thank you so much. I, you know, um, I'm always as someone that has like no output, I'm, I'm happy to have this opportunity. I'm flattered that you want me on. I'm, it was really exciting. I, I think, um, 
podcast guests tend to be people that have like written books or they have a website or, you know, or whatever, like a podcast of their own. And I, I don't have any, I mean, I, I've made some zines, but you know, I don't you, really you, do much right now. Just, you were not a guest. You're already a part of this family. <laughs> you you yeah. know that like, it, yeah. I'm going to be dragging you up on stage with me sometimes, uh, much to your dismay, oh, uh, no. but it's going <laughs> to, <laughs> but not really. Uh, th- thank you so much for joining yeah, me tonight. And, um, it was fun. It was a good conversation. Yeah, and, and this is actually kind of lead into a whole lot of other subjects that I'm going to want to touch base with you on over the course of the next couple of months. Some good conversations are going to be had here, my friends. So, uh, please, uh, give your love to Stevie. Thank you so much for joining me. Um, Stevie, is there anything that you would like to, uh, promote or talk about that's going on in your life, uh, that you would like to, to share with my audience? Uh, not that it hasn't already been covered. I think, you know, everybody should go check out, um, uh, Lux Occult podcast. That's what's, I mean, that's the thing that's influencing me the most right now. Like I just cannot get enough of that podcast. Oh God, this is so great. Um, so, you know, she, she runs multiple podcasts, right? Yeah. She does the smuts up podcast. Yeah. Yeah. I heard that you were either already on that or going to be on it. Yeah. yeah that's oh cool. yeah. It is a fucking riot and Sweet. I cannot wait to post yeah. that. It was hilarious. I tried so hard to make these people uncomfortable and it just didn't work. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Like they were on board for all. Wow. Wow. So, yeah, and that's saying something when it comes to me. So, <laughs> yeah. All right. Yep. That's it. That, yep. Bye everyone. Yeah. So Stevie, thank you so much for, uh, for joining me tonight. Um, friends, fiends, lovers of strange and wondrous things, you can guarantee that uh, you're going to hear Stevie's voice a lot. As I said, there is a uh, large group of people kind of cycling through the XV Planet's family right now, so you're going to hear a lot of new content, a lot of new friends, and hopefully this thing will grow broader, stranger, and more fun and funny and wonderful. And um, cheers to that, right, my friend? Yeah, cheers. All right, my freaky folks, that is going to wrap up XV Planets for this episode. Um, we are approaching the Halloween weekend, so you can uh, you can expect a little other surprise to pop up on the feed uh, on a Halloween proper. Uh, in the meantime, um, don't forget to follow us at uh, XV Planets on all social media. You can find us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, uh, face cult uh, all that jazz and you can find me at folds and floods on instagram uh and twitter and a few quick announcements uh you can catch me doing a guest spot on the smuts up podcast uh wherever you get your podcast i believe that's going to be dropping a little bit later today um the paranormal uh road trip is still a go and we are still looking for people to join us at bobby mackey's to help split the cost of a six-hour investigation so uh, please feel free to email me at xvplanis at gmail.com if you want to get a little info on that. And I think that's it, folks. i got a whole lot of content coming your way in the next month. I'm backlogged by about 10 episodes, but uh, those should be coming out here pretty soon, as soon as I can lock myself down and uh, do some, some hardcore editing. Um, be patient with me, because I'm, I'm doing it all here. And uh, that's it, folks. Take care of yourselves. Take care of each other. 
Blessed Samhain, and have a happy Halloween.